The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. And welcome down to the EP Podcast. My name is Chris Lanuti. Welcome to my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement right here in Evergreen Park. 30 minutes of good in a world of dumb. It's the EP Podcast on demand for Evergreen Park and the surrounding area. And it's brought to you proudly by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park, dedicated to supporting our area with great banking tools and friendly service. There's a true community bank. And it provides our neighborhood with a customized financial solution like total access checking, an account with free ATMs nationwide. Plus, when you open up a total access checking account today, you get a $300 bonus. Visit bankevergreenpark.com slash eppod to learn more. That's right. EP podcast listeners, 300 bucks. Open up a checking account. It's that easy. $100 required to open, requirements to qualify, must use link to apply, member FDIC. The Evergreen Park Food Pantry needs your help or they're going to have to close. I'm not being dramatic, that's what's going on. Details coming up in this show on how you can help them out this week, right now, and keep the doors open. I have an American hero down at my bar, served in the military and saved lives, and he's from Evergreen Park, and he wrote a book about it, you're going to hear from him. All your news, weather, and everything going on in Evergreen Park in just 30 minutes, but we're going to start off right now. Kapil Mahendra and Paul Bean, they run Calabasas Film Company, and they teamed up with the guy that runs every Raising Canes in the country, the CEO, Todd Graves, and they have a brand new project called Restaurant Recovery. It's all about saving local mom-and-pop restaurants all around the country, including Evergreen Park. And they're on the line with me right now. Guys, tell me about this process. What are you doing? The way we're going about it right now is that restaurants are are coming to us on a submission process. And we're our production team and ourselves, we're viewing hundreds of application videos and uh, short bios and essays on restaurants that have been around for well over 10 to in some cases 50 years uh, who, you know, due to the, due to the closures and due to like having to lay off their staff, they're not even sure if they're going to be able to reopen. A lot of these restaurants are, you know, walk in, sit down establishments that have to readjust themselves for takeout, drive through Postmates, you know, Uber Eats, all that good stuff. And Todd and his team of marketing geniuses over at Raising Cane's are, lending a helping hand to kind of get these restaurants back on track. As, um, I mean, as we can all imagine, a, a huge number of them are not, they're not seeing really an end in sight. Even when things go on, you know, back to quote unquote normal, a lot of these restaurants are just derailed. I mean, they've lost months and months worth of revenue. And so Todd, Todd and his team of experts are coming in to, uh, you know, give them all kinds of pointers with everything from marketing to social media to new stools, new stoves, new ovens, new fryers, all that good stuff. Wow. That must, I mean, what a, what a big help that has to be. I would imagine going through all of those different submissions, it can also get emotional for you guys too, because I've met a lot of local businesses here in Evergreen Park and a lot of local business owners 
And while they try to put on the best face they possibly can, we've heard it a few times on this show, and I've seen it even more off the air. Sometimes they, they look like they've been through 12 rounds with Mike Tyson. I mean, they're, they're worn out. And I'm sure you're looking at the same thing when you're looking at these videos. It must be hard to figure out, well, which one do I go out and pick? Because you almost want to save every one of them. Yeah, it's, it's a very difficult choice. And we do want to save every one of them. And Todd really wants to save every one of them. <laughs> so we, we go through a very long process and we talk about who to put officially on the show. And in the process, uh, Todd being the great philanthropist that he is, he's putting together uh, a, a recovery fund for the restaurants that don't make it on the show so that he can donate uh, a good amount of money to many of these other restaurants that we come across. Now that's a something because I'm, I'm going to point that out. That's, that's amazing for me to hear because I didn't expect to hear that because I just think, well, you guys have your film company and he's, he's a, he's an entrepreneur and he's got his, his company as well, raising canes. And it's like, well, let's just pick the best ones that are going to look best on, on camera. But he's like, no, I want to take care of this guy here too. And this one might be difficult for us to shoot, but we, I definitely want to make sure I take care of this restaurant. That's, that's amazing for me to hear. What, what did it feel like when he started telling you you wanted to do more? You know, uh, Paul and I uh, are both very philanthropic at heart as well, and I come from uh, from the charitable foundation world. I've spent the last 15 years running a charitable foundation myself uh, alongside doing many productions. And just the three of us coming together and sharing that love and passion of helping people is, is just fantastic and very comforting to come across successful people that actually care uh, about others the same way that Paul and I always do. And, you know, it's... 15 years ago in my earlier days, I thought, am I crazy for just uh, not taking a corporate job and, and, and making sacrifices to help other people? But it's so pleasing to see someone at Todd's level of success uh, having always helping, always helped people along the way and wanting to do it even on, on, in, a, in a bigger way now. And it's very funny. When we're in our creative calls with our team of producers. Who, we've got some great people. Adam Salzberg is the showrunner of Restaurant Recovery, and he's the executive producer from extreme makeover home edition, which just kind of uh, aired, aired recently. But uh, in talking through the stories, we're like, oh, well, let's incorporate them somewhere into one of our other shows. Or let's just, and, and we've not, not argued, but kind of discussed at length, can we incorporate five restaurants in one episode so we can have everybody on there? And it's, it's just not possible in a 30-minute in a episode to have five different restaurants to tell everyone's story possibly uh, properly. But uh, we kind of figured out a way to, help all of them one way or another and to still bring them some press along the way and definitely give them uh, the money and equipment that they need. What do they do? They do like a quick video, like here's my restaurant. And then they, they kind of tell you their story. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, a team that's, that's very specialized for casting these restaurants uh, that knows what to ask and how to ask it. And the process is similar to what you're saying. And we actually are going to going to be in the Chicago area in the next three months. We haven't uh, fixed the date or even started looking at restaurants in that area yet. So if you're listening to this, check out the link and, the, and, and please do submit the application. That'd be awesome. If you guys pick one that's right here around us, we, we would definitely want to check in while you were filming. Cause it just seems to me like, it'd be so cool to have like one of the local places around here. I'll be honest with you. We already have a client of the EP podcast that had to close down. The guy had been running advertisements with us for over a year. He was very successful. COVID killed him. 
and he's just he's done. And I know a lot of the other local restaurants around here are doing the absolute best that they can, but it's a struggle each and every day. And what you guys are doing is commendable. And I, I appreciate you coming on and telling us about it. And, and people will be able to check out that link in the in the show notes. And and good luck with the project. I look forward to finding out more about it and actually seeing it like show up on my TV or my streaming service and and watching it soon. That sounds great. Chris, thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. If you're a local restaurant or you want to support one, go immediately now to restaurantrecovery.com and sign up. Who knows? Evergreen Park might be on reality TV. The EP Podcast, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com. time for your EP podcast word on the street brought to you by Unidad a Latin kitchen and bar 3339 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park along with regular service and Sunday brunch every week lunch is now open at Unidad Tuesday through Friday 11 to 2 p.m. check them out at unidadrestaurant.com Evergreen Park Recreation Department Youth Fall Soccer open to ages 4 to 14 and registration is all the way up to August the 1st. Get in now, 708-229-3373. Also, those in the area between California and Maplewood, 99th to 96th place, and Kedzie Avenue to Sawyer, 95th to 96th Street, you should be advised there is maintenance going on on your sewers. Don't be alarmed, it's an upgrade. Meanwhile, it turns out I'm not the only guy with a problem with the recycling driver in Evergreen Park. The garbage guys, they pick up the garbage cans. They empty the trash, they put it back where the garbage can was. This guy empties the recycling and drops it in my driveway. I never complained, but obviously some of you did. There's a brand new recycling driver now in Evergreen Park, and the village is paying attention to this guy, which is good. I mean, more so for my 12-year-old, they had to drag the can back to where it belonged, but it's still good. Building relationships, supporting the community, and service. These are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports, financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local Country Financial Representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708-425-1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he can help you protect them. Hannah, it's rough news, but the Evergreen Park Food Pantry may have to close its doors unless people help out this week. Oh, no. Yeah, so we're going to get into that, and we're going to talk with them. John Dalkey is going to be joining us. And then sitting down here at the bar, because you wouldn't come here. And wouldn't. <laughs> I'm disappointed in you, because you would have enjoyed the guests that I have sitting here right now. I know! I would love to be there! But you went to some kind of concert in Indiana, and you told me that there were like a billion people packed in. Nobody was wearing a mask, and you're all freaked no. out. I told you you could come over. You didn't want to come over. No, I wasn't. Yeah, no, it was It was bad. <laughs> Like I stayed up against the back wall, but like, no, the, not the, not the deputies that were working security, none of the staff at the place. I mean, nobody had a mask on and they were just moshing and 
all together and I'm just sitting. I don't know. Like, I've read what? the I've read the research. I don't think you can catch COVID from mashing. I believe that's on the list of things that prevent it. <laughs> the virus dies when it violently is thrown up against another human being while rock music is playing. I wish I'd known that. I would have jumped in there. You should have jumped right in there. Instead, now you're at risk. Uh, Eric Herrera sits down at the bar with me. Eric, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. I appreciate you coming in here. A veteran of the U.S. Army, and he has written a book here during COVID. He started this thing in March. And I'm going to tell you the title, and that's going to tell you all you need to know about what he used to do for the Army. You ready for this? Okay. Yes. A bomb hunter's story, my life clearing the roads of Iraq. Oh, dude. I know. And he's, he lives here in dude. Evergreen Park, right, Eric? Yes, I want to read it. <laughs> and you self-published this, right? That was, I want to jump right into why you self-published it, because everybody wants to write a book. Everybody thinks they have a story. You clearly have a story. Okay, I mean, yours is the one I actually want to read. Everybody else is like, oh, I had this great thing happen to me in my life. Yeah, whatever. Yours looks interesting <laughs> to me, and I can't wait to tear through it. But you decided to self-publish. Tell me why you decided to do that. Um, one of the things with self-publishing, you could write whatever you want, and no one could tell you what to do. If I went through a publishing company, they could have picked at it, took things out, put things in, and that is definitely not what I wanted to happen. You wanted to tell the true story of everything. That was my whole point of it, and uh, after years of keeping silent about it, I wanted everyone to know what actually happened. Now, are you currently still in the the army, or are you, did you decide? Did you get like a discharge? Have you are you done with your career? Are you still in there? It took some time off to write the book. I joined in 2005, and I got out in 2010. Okay, so you were in there for five years, and you were clearing you were clearing bombs. So we were talking before we went on the air, Hannah, and can you think of a Hollywood movie that would deal with this? Just just off the top of your head, do you remember there was one that, that dealt with this? Clearing bombs? Yeah. No, The Hurt Locker. Oh, it was like I a never, big I never movie. Saw it. it was up for an Academy Award. It was all this stuff. And I'm talking to Eric before, and he goes, no, none of that's true, right? Why, why wasn't it true, Eric? Because um, I worked with those guys, and uh, I would go out, and I would call them to come out and clear the bombs. So you would find them first. So how do you hunt a bomb? Like, are you driving around looking for things that make you think that's an IED? That's, that's something that was set up to, to, to blow up a, a vehicle going by, or that's set up as an ambush for our troops, or are you using like special equipment, or are you getting tips from people? Like, hey, I hear or that dogs. they're, they're yeah, planning on doing with you? Yeah, how do you hunt a bomb? We would be going on mission every day. Some missions would be between 8 and 12 hours, going 5 miles an hour down the road, looking out the window. And and what do wow. you tr what do you try to spot? Because it, that, that's what's... To me, like I saw that movie and I, and I get why. I mean, I was telling him, Hannah, like 911 dispatch for 10 years, right? Four mm -hmm. years of supervisor. I won't watch the TV show 911 because it's all bull. Like that's not what right. a 911 center is. It's, that's, it's all a joke. That isn't how this works. That's how, not how any of this stuff works. So he probably feels the same way. But from my recollection, just from the movie, because that's all I have to go off of. I never was deployed. I, I never served this country. And if I didn't say it at the beginning, thank you for your service. I appreciate it. How, what are you looking for? Something out of place? Were there things that you said, uh-oh, slow down, that might be something? Number one thing is you look for something out of place. But as you know, the enemy adapts. In Baghdad, which where I was my first deployment, there's literally trash everywhere. So if you go down the streets here in Chicago, the medians filled with trash. Imagine that. Just oh my God. garbage bags, everything. And a lot of times they would hide 
stuff in those trash piles. Um, sometimes we'd even come across uh, dead dogs that bombs were stuffed in them. They'd be lying on the side of the road. Wow. I mean, so if you were driving and you pass, you know, the median or whatever that would have like just the bags of trash, would you stop and inspect that? Or would you just kind of hope and pray that there's nothing in it? Like, did you have to search everything? Yeah. I mean, is it like a feeling you go, that dog doesn't look right. It looks like somebody stuffed up. I mean, like that, I mean, it must be a feeling at some point you start to get just kind of like how I can anticipate I was able to anticipate what was going on on the phone call, let's say, in 911. I'd be like, this guy's full of it, or this this person's telling a story. There's something more here. You get the hairs on the back of your neck. Is that pretty much how it went? Yeah, our, our lead vehicle would be the most vigilant. Um, they would be scanning the sides of the roads. Even other people in the rest of the convoy would be looking. Um, going five miles an hour, you could see some stuff. And doing this every day for 8 to 12 hours a day, we would get to a point where we knew a piece of trash was moved because we'd seen it every single day. That's how ad- adaptive we got, which is crazy. A couple of us would even dream of trash because that's all we would see every day. Hannah, you remember this much differently than I do because okay. you come from Louisiana and you are a well, huge yeah. Saints fan, right? Well, yeah. So you didn't even watch the Super Bowl the year that the Bears defeated the Saints at Soldier Field, and went on to go play the Colts. You were basically done with football, I imagine, at that point, after the embarrassment that the Saints faced from the Chicago Bears. I just want a yes or no answer on that one. Remember that? Remember when the Bears just just trashed the Saints? What year was that? That was like in 06, 07, somewhere along there. That Like the Bears played the the Saints. Yeah, yeah, they and, destroyed yeah, him, and then we went. It. We went on to the Super Bowl. Remember Dude, Devin Hester? Right, yeah, no, you know, you're fans. just a sore loser. But but Devin Hester returns the opening kickoff. Uh, Chicago this, this, sports this, fans. What, what's the point? What's the point? Remember all of this. What? We all remember this time period very differently than Eric, because I was looking through oh. his book, and that yeah. was the date that you were first blown up. Am I saying? Am I? Am I basically giving this uh, correctly? You actually had an encounter. Wow. And uh, you missed the game. Or at least most of the game because of an incident. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, at this time we had, we uh, adapted to what the enemy was doing. So we actually had one-man vehicles that would go lead the convoy. It's the sad thing about it: it's technically bait for the enemy. It's better to have one casualty than four casualties. Wow! Talking about the traffic cone. Uh, there was a bunch of traffic cones on the side of the road, uh, and it ended up blowing up on my vehicle. That has to be an experience like no other that I can't even imagine. The name of the book is A Bomb Hunter's Story, My Life Clearing the Roads of Iraq. Eric Herrera is an Evergreen Park guy. He lives right here in the EP. Uh, he is uh, a hero, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything other than that because he's clearly a hero. Just looking at his story, and when can people get their hands on this book and read about your exploits, Eric? Right now, it's on uh, Amazon, uh, either through Kindle or paperback. So it looks like it's a good read, Kindle or I'm paperback. A bomb hunter's story. You know, you got Hannah already. I'm sure we'll get many other people that will read it. It's absolutely incredible. And Eric, you are welcome on this show anytime you want to stop by, my friend. I appreciate any time you need me. <laughs> we'll have you over some other time. We'll sit down. We'll we'll ha- we'll have a few pops, and, uh, and and I'll let you tell stories. How's that? You get plenty of stories.
we've got this new puppy here. Oh, that's right. Tell us about it. You haven't made it this long in the show without talking about it. My wife never wanted to have a dog. This is something she did not want. She would sit there and say, well, we have kids and they're enough work. And then we had talked about getting a dog when the first two were getting older. But then we had the surprise pregnancy that brought about Nicholas, who just turned five years old recently. And for, for a while, and I say it as a joke to the kids, I go, we we're going to get you a dog. But instead, we had your little brother and your mother's uh-huh. like done. There's there's too many, too many things in this house that need her help. You know, uh, yeah, you know, we can't we can't add another another child, basically, even if it's an animal. And so she was against it. So we're at your party a while back. Like, what was it, about a week or so ago? A couple weeks ago? weeks or so, right. yeah. And we're at your party, and Erica's having a good time. It's her first time out with, like, friends. You know, yeah. we're at the outdoor party. You know, she feels a little comfortable because she gets very nervous still with the, the COVID, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. But she's outdoors, and she's at a good space, and she's talking with people and laughing with people. And we had a friend of ours who fosters animals when they're rescued. They're rescue animals. And so this dog was supposedly up for euthanasia within 24 hours when it was rescued. And it's a pup that's like five months old. Mostly a boxer. I could see a little bit of pit in there, but it's definitely mostly a boxer. He's got the Brendel. pit, definitely. Yeah, I could see that. And and nice, really pretty dog. Okay, Uh, you know, I've never had a male dog. I keep making a mistake calling him a her because I'm always just used to calling dogs hers. When I was a kid, we only had female dogs, but he's a boy. They they take him in. So... Erica's still skitterish, but she's into it. And she and she said something at your party. So I immediately jumped right on. I'm like, we want the dog. I'm like, I'll work her out. So then I take her to Unidad the next day and I give her a couple of mimosas <laughs> because I'm like, we got to keep it. We got to keep the good feeling going here. Right. Yeah. So I get Erica a couple of mimosas at uh, brunch. You know, Sal's coming over there from Unidad. He's hooking her up. You know, we're going to get her a couple of mimosas. And I start the conversation again with the host family who we're friends with. And they're like, oh, come on by and see the dog. So I'm like, perfect. One more mimosa. Then we're on our way to go see the dog. See what I'm doing here? <laughs> like, I'm getting, I'm earning this dog here is what I'm doing. The kids love me for it. I got a hug from every one of the kids saying, thanks for getting mom to get the dog. So, so now I bring her out there. And here's the great thing. The dog hates me. The dog hates my guts. Every animal in the world has always loved me. I love dogs. I walk in, this dog lowers his tail and growls at me. Obviously, it was oh, abused. No. Obviously, it was abused by a man, sadly enough. And Arkansas it's, doesn't surprise yeah, me. Doesn't like me, but it loves Erica. So Erica gets a kick out of the fact the dog loves her and hates me. In fact, <laughs> she goes, finally, I'll be the favorite of somebody in the house. That's what she actually oh, says. My God. And she's just joking around when she says that. But that's what she right. says. So I've got her now at this point. And so we go over there with the kids. The dog loves the kids. The dog remembers me and loves me. So I'm in the group now. The dog now decides it <laughs> likes me. And we adopted the dog. So I bring the dog home and we're, you know, you know, we're excited. We got the dog. Everything else. First day is going great, Hannah. First day is oh, going. How's he, he's adjusting well. Oh, he's like, he's just happy. I thought he would just like hide in the corner because he right. didn't know where he was. He's, I mean, think about it. He was rescued. He was taken across multiple states. He was right. brought to my house or he was brought to another house. He got used to that family for 10 days because they were holding him. And then I go and grab him. Right. right. And I bring him here. Everything's going great. Dog, the dog goes outside. It hasn't made a mistake all day long. I'm downstairs Aww. here in the basement. I'm stocking the bar with booze for the week. He's a good boy. And the dog is just sitting there watching me. So I walk into the back room. I walk back. I walk in the back room. I walk back. I walk towards the back room. And in my bare feet, I step right in dog crap. Aww. In my bare feet. In my bare feet, Hannah. In my bare 
feet. You just wipe it off. And it was a mound. I mean, this dog, I mean, like. <laughs> He's this, only five months old. This dog could put me, to, <laughs> listen, this dog could put me to shame. This was ridiculous. This was like the thing that Jeff Goldblum comes upon in Jurassic Park. The big giant mound of it. That's what I stepped in. <laughs> so it's all over my foot and I immediately scream. I use the curse word, but I'm like, my foot is covered in it. Right. And I just yelled. I'm like, you kids wanted a dog. Somebody get down here and clean this. Oh, my God. Down here, sitting in my nine-foot homemade oak bar is a friend of ours. We've had him on here before. The Office of Citizen Services and the Evergreen Park Food Pantry need your help. And uh, we heard about this. We've heard there's already a food drive going on with Most Holy Redeemer coming up on Tuesday. But the big thing, John Dalkey, my guest is that you guys are having a problem purchasing food. So you're looking for some help in in the way of finding actual food items. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, Chris, that's that's correct. It's, it's amazing. Even, uh, what, three months into this is that we're having a lot of trouble um, getting food in large quantities. And we're even having trouble getting that from the food depository. For example, you know, last, you know, and before this crisis started, we could get canned vegetables like green beans, corn, mixed vegetables. Last month, all we could get was like 120 cans of uh, canned corn, you know, for the entire month. You know, six months ago, that wasn't a problem because we only had about 130 families a month. Now we have 130 families a week. Right. So if we only get 120 cans of something and we got 130 families coming and we still have three weeks in the month left, you, you do the math. Yeah, you're running out. We're not even dumb. We're not even coming close to what we can get. And what people don't realize is, and like donations, when people give monetary donations, that's a great thing. But right now, you guys are experiencing the same thing that everybody else is. There's shortages in terms of food. Exactly. And the stores don't want to let you come in and buy them out of something. I'm sure it's like, yeah, that's great. You have the money, but we can only give you so much. Exactly. And it's a lot easier if you have. Folks that want to help you out right now, you have a shortage going on. The Greater Chicago Land Food Depository isn't even able to fill the orders when you guys are asking for it. You have more people that are in need than ever before because of what's going on in the world. And you're, it, you don't want to have to shut down or turn people away, and then those people go hungry. It's a call for help right now, but the main thing is there are certain items you need. You need people to add stuff to their orders, either either if they're going into the store right. or if they're like doing like a Mariano's order mm-hmm. and they're saying like, you know, I'm going to come pick it up, add a few items in, right? So what are you looking for that you need the most right now? Well, right now, uh, well, we need peanut butter and jelly. That's very difficult to find, especially the jelly. Uh, spaghetti, uh, spaghetti sauce and any type of canned vegetable or canned bean that they could get. And, you know, in every store that I go to, there's a limit on how much you can buy. So if you buy two or three cans of this or two or three kinds of that, and then just drop it off at uh, the Office of Citizen Services or at the Holy Redeemer uh, um, food drive next Tuesday between 9 and 11, um, that would be very helpful. And that will get us through another maybe week and a half. Right, but you you need this to keep coming. Exactly. Like that food drive is like a this is like an emergency food drive, and the Redeemer I would imagine is probably covering the 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 quadrants that are on the west side of Evergreen Park. Right, even even though it's being organized at Holy Redeemer, it's going to yeah. be in a Holy Redeemer parking lot, and we're encouraging people from throughout Evergreen Park. They can drive park, over to the parking. Drive lot. over to the parking lot, enter on the Lawndale 
uh, side, that would be the Baracko side of the parking lot and exit on the... Um, Millard side. The Millard side, yeah. right, yeah. And and that's on Tuesday. Do you know what the hours are that from, they're doing from, it? From 9 to 11. 9 to 11 in the morning. They don't have to even get out of their car. Just drive up and the volunteers will take the stuff out of their trunk. That's awesome. We prefer that it's in the trunk so the volunteers don't have to go into the compartment of the car. All right. So Tuesday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., Most Holy Redeemer parking right. lot, right there on 95th. Enter off of Lawndale near the Baracos, exit at Millard Avenue. It's contactless. You drop it off. There's items that they need. And then also, if somebody, let's say, is working, if somebody can't get over there during that on Tuesday, mm-hmm. what is the easiest way for them to get you the items that you need right now? Drop it off at the new community center any time of day that the community center is open over on Holman. Okay. And um, Beth- Don't go to the food depository, though, because no, you probably no. already have a crowd coming in there every day. Well, no, we're not. See, we're only open on Fridays. Okay. At the food. So and if they leave the food outside the door, you know, we may be there that day. We may not you be. You may not be there Yeah, that but day. at the um, uh, Office of Citizen Services, which is located in the new community center. Go there. They'll, they'll put the stuff in boxes and they'll get it to us. Okay. So we need, we need canned vegetables. We need spaghetti sauce. Right. We, we need we peanut need peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter and jelly. I mean, people think that themselves like peanut butter and jelly. You think about how long you could feed your kids on peanut butter and jelly. Okay, you're a mom or a dad that can't can't feed their kids right now because you lost your job because of COVID and you're getting beat up and you need this. Peanut butter and jelly goes a long way. Another, and, another thing is uh, breakfast cereal too. Yeah, the dry, the dry breakfast cereal. You always talked about too, like the and, and if somebody's able to do it, the. The, the items that people don't normally even think of, like the birthday cakes right, and the yeah, stuff like right, that. Yeah. You'll take if somebody's got something. You're, you're just happy with whatever they can bring you. Those, right, are the, yeah. those are the action items. But if somebody's able to like make a food order and help out, I mean, you guys are basically up against the wall right now. You're running out quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we order. I mean, if we do 130 a week, that means we would have about 520 people over the quarter, uh, families over, over a month. We were only order. We we were only able to order for about 168 families right. this month, and it's got to be overwhelming for you because I mean I know from talking with other people that have worked over there, you guys are dealing with a much larger crowd, and you're doing it in the age of COVID where you you're like I still have to stay safe for my family to be safe, right? And I'm still loading this and coming into contact with all these people. So this is a labor of love for you and everybody well, else that's over I there. Mean, it is definitely. But you can't do this on your own if people don't chip in at this point. Right, yeah. And it is contactless there, too. I mean, we keep our volunteers very safe. We always ask everybody that comes for assistance to leave their trunks open. But we never put anything in the compartment of the car. If they come and their trunk is full, we tell them to pull over, empty their trunk, and come back and get back in line. Um, but uh, we're, uh, we make sure our volunteers are safe. And I'm hearing can... it's getting so busy right now that you guys are are cutting off anybody that's not from Evergreen Park starting on the 1st of August. Is that's, that true? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And the reason for that, Chris, is um, because for the first several months, um, a lot of the food pantries had closed because they didn't have enough volunteers. Right. You guys were doing so well. Right. You were able to take care of people where the cities. Right. The, the, you know, Chicago's weren't able to keep up with what was going on. You became like, you became a helpful center and you didn't turn anybody away, but now it's getting to the point where you're getting overloaded and it's got to, it's, you, you've got to at some point be like, we got to make sure that the EP people are, 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 are good. Take care of, right. Yeah. But, but the thing is, is, I mean, also the, uh, the government was trying to keep people out of the stores at, at early on in the stages too. Right, right. And the people who are most fragile medically, uh, were encouraged to use the food uh, pantry system, mm. so that you know, and, and I think that worked quite quite well, you know. Um, 
but we are, um, you know, we are stretched for food. We're limited on what we can buy from or what we can get from the food depository because right now they're giving us the food for free, but they can only service, like I said, about 168 families a month for our pantry, well short of what our needs. So um, we, uh, that's why we need uh, support for the community. Now, I think that this need is going to start going down, but probably throughout the month of August, you know, even though we're going to try to stick just to Evergreen Park residents, we'll probably still serve, you know, people that are very desperate, you know, from where, wherever they're at. Well, John, I want to tell you something. Um, and I didn't even think about it until you came over here and you started telling me what you needed. When this whole thing started in March, they shut down the parade, right? Like, mm-hmm. I remember that was like yeah. the first thing. They shut down the parade. And I called my wife that day and I said, this is going to get bad. They're going to shut down everything. And we're not even going to be able to leave the house. I don't know what it is. Grab some stuff on the way home. And she went, did what you would do just in case you didn't know how long you'd be stuck in your house. And in my closet back here, I've got a couple of bags of canned foods that we don't need anymore. So they're totally yours on the way out the door if you don't mind carrying them out. Okay, that's fine, yeah, sure. Okay, I want to make sure, because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, I have stuff we're not even using that we grabbed when it was scary. But I don't need it as much anymore because we're able to we're able to get to the store now. Right. We're able to do those things. And, and I'm I don't wanna, you know, I'm I'm like, you know, we can we can pass on the stuff that we had as our emergency reserve mm-hmm. now because I don't I think the emergency has passed and I feel good about that. So I'm gonna make sure I give you that. And if anybody wants to donate to the Evergreen Park Food Pantry, nine to eleven, Tuesday morning, most holy redeemer, enter off of the Lawndale side right there. At uh, at Baracos on that side off of 95th and then leave on the Millard side from 9 to 11 in the morning or drop off your donations over at the community center. Now is the time for actual food, folks. Uh, money is great, but they need your help because they can't purchase all this stuff. If you wanted to donate 50 bucks instead, go online and order 50 bucks in food and curbside pickup, go pick it up and drop it off over there because that's the only way that they're able to get what they need. They got plenty of cash donations. They just can't spend it because they're not allowed to buy all the stuff in bulk like they used to because of the shortage. So help out John and the folks at Evergreen Park at the food pantry and those that are in need. And John, I appreciate you coming down here and telling me all about it. You guys do great work over there. And when I saw that they were they were having this drive, I read a little bit on it. I called over there. I talked to the folks over at OCS, and I was like, how, how bad is it? And when I heard it, I was like, well, we got we to gotta tell people, okay, because you guys need all the help you can get over there. And and this community's done a very good job pulling oh, together and helping. An awesome community. And they may think that everything's good over there because they haven't heard that things are rough. So if you're able to help out, folks, now is the time. Uh, we don't want to have the food pantry closed. We don't want to have the food pantry have to turn people away right now. We want them to be able to, to, to function because it's good for everybody, right? Correct. There you go. John Dalkey, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Chris. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com.